0: Hey there, Asbury Church. Welcome to week five of Home Improvement, Speaking Life. Tonight I'm here with my dog. I'm just enjoying the nice, cool evening. And so this week is my 25th wedding anniversary. Pause for cheer. Thank you. It's 25 years. Be sure and th- be sure and uh, congratulate my wife on making a wonderful life choice. Uh, I am amazing. So, anyways, um, so. I thought I would do as a kind of a a thing for for this week, since we're talking about speaking life, is in 25 years, the vast experience that I have, I thought I would give you the secret thing to say to win every argument. So that's right. I've got this. 25 years, I got this down. So here it is. Are you ready for this? Are you? All right, here we go. The secret thing to say is the place. There we go. All right. Yes. There we. go. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I don't use this thing very often, so I get, there's too many buttons on it. It's a little confusing. My wife had to take my daughter somewhere this morning, so she was at our Dryden service this morning. So yeah, be sure and congratulate her. It's been wonderful, 25 years. I don't drive her nuts at all. I'm a, I'm a, I am a little high maintenance sometimes. Just uh, you may not know that, but um, a little bit a little bit high maintenance sometimes. But that's okay because I warned her before we got married, and so she had ample opportunity before we were married to flee, and she did the wise thing, and so it's wonderful. So today we are continuing our series on home improvement. Very excited about this. We're talking about speaking life, and just as we get started here, um, Jim, can you do me a favor? Could you get me a thing of water, um, please? That would be great. I was power washing this all day yesterday and the day before, and so I inhaled and swallowed vast quantities of dirt and um, dust and mud and so I've like been um, yesterday afternoon I was like oh my goodness this is awful stuff and so I need water that would be fantastic it was really sad so I'm I'm, I was power washing the shutter and these leaves were not coming out and I'm like going 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 and and getting them and I'm getting the shutter and finally they disappeared I'm like okay we're good and I climbed down the ladder and which is a frightening thing in and of itself and not a fan of ladders and so then I get my son to head and he looks up and goes, is that a bat? And so this poor little bat, we felt so bad for it, um, it was just clinging to life as it crawled out from behind the shutter and was soaking wet because I had basically beaten it to a pulp with the power washer trying, thinking it was a pile of leaves. And so, the poor little thing, but we think it's okay because it disappeared shortly after, so we think it crawled back into its little hole all dry after the sun dried it off, so... We felt kind of bad about that, but um, it was a cute little thing. I know some of you are like, ew, and, but it was a cute little thing. It was just very... um. So <laughs> today we're talking about speaking life. And so as we began this series, in fact, back in February, we are in a staff meeting at the Quigley's house, and Pastor Dave was talking about this series he wanted to do, following Easter, about home improvement. And we had these conversations about, you know, what would be helpful, because we believe and know that homes are under attack from the world. God does not like healthy... God, does, God loves healthy homes. The world does not like healthy homes because, you know, it's, it's, Satan is fighting against all the good that God has created. And so, you know, we, the home is under attack. People And it's really sad because people do not always know how to have healthy homes, have a healthy home environment. Um, there's been plenty of people we've talked to over the years. They're just like, how do you do that? You know, you got this and that. And a lot of times people enter into a home life and they are overwhelmed and crushed by what to do in situations. And so we were like, how can we be helpful and encouraging and speak? And so we've had some great stuff last week. uh, Pastor Dave spoke about looking, seeing beyond the moment. We've talked about setting tone. And so this week we're going to talk about speaking life. Now, as I'm gonna share. One of the things I was talking to my pa- a friend of mine who has been a pastor for six months now. And so we were talking about preparing messages and talking to people. And he's like, he's like, so what do you do when you're getting ready to speak to somebody? I said, Well, I said a lot of times I'll think as I'm thinking through it, I'll think, okay, who do I know will be in the room? Who do I know I'll be sharing with? What what can I share that might be helpful, useful? Um, you know, what's what's useful for me? And and so I kinda of like Think through that. So I, just, I decided, I was like, just to make sure I'm doing all right here. We're going to take a quick poll, okay? So feel free to raise your hand um, here in a moment. So how many of you have ever said something, and after you said it, sometime shortly after you said it, you thought, yeah, I really wish I hadn't said that? How many of you have ever done that? So all right, we're good. All right, so this is for all of us. Um, today because we are going to talk about speaking life this morning and and it is so important and I'm going to so what's going to happen is we're going to start with like this big picture idea I want to bring us all into and we're going to like talk kind of narrow down our focus and then about two-thirds of the way into this I'm going to make an extremely profound statement which you know you're going to go like oh my goodness that's really good stuff it will be. And so when I get to that point, I'll let you know that it's here just so you can properly appreciate it. And then just kind of narrow down because we want to do some like you know, practical things to kind of help speak life into our homes and into our environments. So let's start at the beginning because, well, it's the very best place to start. Genesis 1-1. And our first point, our big idea that we're going to think around today is our words shape our world. Our words shape our world. And, you know, I can make a statement like that, and um, you can be like, okay, I see that. Because I remember the first time I, I heard the statement, our words are shaping our world. And I was like, huh, yeah. I could see that, because how many of us haven't, uh, have, haven't uh, changed the environment of a room by our words? We've made it positive, we've made it negative. And our, our words are, shape our world. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light and there was light. Now this is the first of nine statements in the creation narrative where God says, and God said, and there was. And God said, and there was. And it's such, a, it's such an amazingly, amazing picture of this speaking And response. Now we learn later in the book of John, it talks about Jesus. It was talking about Jesus and it says, you know, he was with God in the beginning. He Jesus is the word of God. And and we so we kind of get this picture of this. And you know, as as we go through this and think about this, you know, our words shape our world. Just because we, as people made in the image of God, we shape our world with our words now i love this this um this word in the beginning god created now the hebrew word here is a really interesting one because you know created is kind of a it's kind of a abstract sort of idea they're created what exactly does that mean and so the the uh the hebrew word there actually is like means created shaped formed it's all those sort of pictures and it's a different word it's so like in later in genesis you have god took dust and formed the man out of the dust of the earth and it is actually that's a different word that means formed he's like formed this is this is even bigger broader more vast kind of like this he in the beginning god created he shaped he formed and as we go through our lives we do this we create our worlds we Form them, we shape them, we shape the environments we're around with the things we say with the things we don't say our very words are creating and shaping everything around us because, which I mean this drives us straight into the second point here because our words are powerful our words are powerful, in Proverbs chapter 18 Verse twenty-one says this: The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I was so. take this thing funny because they're staring at me up there like my son's like like he's he's not using words but he's using a whole lot of words there um (laughs) oh jesus we were talking about jesus great thing to talk about so jesus said in matthew um in the book of matthew chapter 12 verses 30 starting verse 33 so matt jesus is having a conversation with some people he had um healed a guy who was, uh, it said the, the Bible describes him as demon-possessed. He was blind and deaf, or blind and mute. And so Jesus healed him. And the Pharisees accused Jesus of being demon-possessed. of uh, He was like, by the power of the devil, he's casting out devils. And Jesus has this long conversation statement towards them, basically like, hey, you know what, a house divided against itself, can't stand, you know, how can you say that I'm doing this? And so, but on verse 33, he makes this statement. He said, make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you, who are evil, say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. That's a pretty heavy paragraph there with lots of implications. I mean, how many of uh, I know, and I, in Dryden it was the same thing. As I read that, I could feel some people like, ouch, by my words, I will be acquitted or condemned. And the thing is, is, and we'll get to the hope in the midst of this, but... You know, our third point here that I just really want to draw out is not only are we shaping our world with our words, not only are our words powerful, but we are responsible for our words. People, we need to hear this. This is so important. And I know, I know we all know this. This is like the no-brainer sort of stuff. We know this. We are responsible for our words. But often people do not take responsibility for the words that they are speaking, whether it's in person or it's text messages or on social media things like that, wherever it may be, we are responsible because our words are powerful and we are created in the image of God and are shaping other people's lives with our words. And I know that's, that is like a heavy, heavy statement. To think that my, my words are shaping someone else's world. What I say, what I don't say, how I say it, all of that. Our words are so very powerful. But with that, and this is the great thing, is Jesus is like, hey, you go to a good tree, you eat good fruit. You go to a bad tree, you eat bad fruit. And he makes this statement here, out of for the for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Another version will say, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we say things and we're like, oh my goodness, what's inside of me that is coming out? And as he's talking to these people who are living in an agricultural community, they understand harvest. They understand, you know, this is their lives. We get it, you know. You go to an apple tree, you get an apple, an orange. You get an orange. You recognize a tree by its fruit. We recognize the tree by its fruit. And and you think, what kind of fruit am I producing? But here is the great thing, and I, I love this. So the fourth point with this. You know, not only are words shaping our world, not only are our words powerful and we're responsible for them, but if we change our heart, we can change our words. As Jesus says this at the beginning of this, he said, he, he doesn't say, you know, have a good heart and the tree will be. He says, make a good, heart, a good tree, make a good tree and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. You know, when we allow God to come in and change our hearts and lives, recognizing what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, allow Him to be who He is, He can change us and change our words so that we are speaking life, speaking hope, shaping other people's lives in positive ways. Because our words are powerful. And I know I'm, I, I'm saying this again and again and again because I think so. We use words so much, right? We, we talk, we communicate, we, you know, it doesn't matter if we talk with words or use our hands. I took a, I took a sign language class with my wife, and I remember I asked, I asked the teacher one day, because like was like, hey, can deaf people drive? I mean, like, can they get a driver's license? And she's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. She said the worst is when you have two deaf people in the front seat and they want to include you in the conversation, and you're in the back seat. She said because that's really bad because they're signing to each other as they're driving, and she's like, it's, it's frightening because they will turn around. And like, and she's like, so that's a little. She said, but, you know, we, we communicate all the time, verbally, nonverbally. We are using words, and they're so powerful. And I, I, I know this is like, because... As I said, I want to draw us to a point because what I'm going to say next, this, this is it. This is, this is the profound statement. And this is so very huge for all of us. Our, as I've, as I've said this, that we are shaping our world with our words. And I know there's some people thinking, ouch, what do I do with that? But hear this. Jesus can heal any world that we have poorly shaped with our words. He can bring healing and restoration to families, to friendships, Bad situations that we have created. Or t- taking language from Genesis, he can f- reform, shape, create something new out of the formless void of mess that we have created. You know, the thing about it is really interesting about the, the verse in Genesis where it talks about now the earth was formless and void. That phrase is used at least one other time, and maybe more than once, but at least one other time, and I think it's in Jeremiah. But it, the phrase in Jeremiah is talking about a wilderness, and it's, it's wild and waste. And so in Genesis, we have formless and void, and, and Jeremiah, I believe, is wild and waste. But it's the exact same phrase, and basically what it means is it is a land good for nothing. There's no, no, it can't be used. There's no, if it was waste and wild, there's no water, no hope, no plant life, nothing can grow. You know, as, as we see in Genesis 1, you know, it's, it's formless and void, and there's darkness, and God breathes and brings life into it. And often that's what we can do with our words, is we can create a world that is desolate. And Jesus can bring healing to that. He can breathe life into those relationships. It is not a hopeless statement. It, is not, it does not have to be crushing that we have hurt with our words. He can bring restoration and hope. I, I really want everybody to hear that because it is such a sigh of relief because it can be utterly discouraging to think that you've destroyed somebody. With your words, but he can bring healing. But what, what else from that? Because like I said, we wanted to take this and then help draw through some useful stuff with all this. And so, recognizing that Jesus can bring healing, what next? Well, let me tell you something huge. Clear communication has got to happen. In our relationships, in our families, in our homes, in our work situations, wherever we go, clear communication has got to happen if we want healthy homes, if, to be able to speak life, to be able to, to yeah, have a healthy home. So I, I, do, I do not remember the entire situation that happened, but I remember one day, Levine and I were standing in the hallway of our home in Idaho, and this was a couple years into our marriage, and I don't remember exactly what I said, which you will know, love to preface that, but I do know that I said, and we were discussing it this morning, because she said she remembers, she doesn't remember what I said either, but what came next was, okay, in my head, this all, this conversation all went different, I really, what I said and what I meant to say were two totally different things. And I knew, and you know, I am sure that I was saying something very flirty. And it was quite suave and, you know, she was going to like it. And what I said, what, I, what came out did not communicate what was in my head. And I mean, how yeah, I many, okay, guys, how many of you done that? You said something like, oh, this will be good. This is good. This is a great statement. And, like, it came out and your wife's like, or your, you know, so they're looking at you like, uh, what like come on that was good and so so all i know is yeah it was uh, the conversation was like i'm sorry honey i really what i intended that did not went different in my head it was just like it was it was good trust me and so you know but but with that you know i think about you know we need to work on clear communication and i know pastor dave like talked about this a few weeks ago he's like you know don't have important conversations on your cell phone with texting it's awful there's no tone in this. I mean, yes, my, my kids are like, but that's why we have emojis, Dad. Um, <laughs> they are slightly useful, yes, but um, but you know you can't have good important conversations, and this is so important. I, I I my wife it cracks me up when she write when she types emails and like even when she's working and stuff and she like talk because she does lots of texting and lots of that for her business and so. She's always smiling. Whenever she starts texting or writing, she starts smiling. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I know that if I'm smiling, it will communicate through the words. It will communicate through the words. They will see the smile that I'm smiling while I'm typing these words because these are happy words. And so, you know, we, we, we need this so much with our kids of taking the time to clearly communicate with them. I mean, and I know, I know with, with, you know, husbands, wives at work, I love it, James, in the book of James, and James talks a lot about communication. He, he, James, the book of James in the New Testament is a whole lot about practical application of following Jesus. You know, he talks about our interactions with others. He even says something in James chapter 3. He talks about the power of the tongue. He said, you know, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. What a powerful statement. He's like, if you can control the tongue, you can control the whole body. And so later, though, he, say, he makes a statement. He says, you don't have because you don't ask. And then he goes on. He's like, because, but when you do ask, you ask for the wrong motives. But I love that, the idea behind that. You don't have because you don't ask. We don't communicate. We get irritated, especially we get irritated with somebody, and we assume they did it on purpose. And so we just stay irritated because we're like, I can't believe they said that. Instead of stopping and say, okay, I'm just going to go under the assumption that you did not mean to hurt my feelings because, wow, that was a little hurtful. And just clear communication can bring res- resolution to so many situations. And when I, when I say clear, I mean, let me just talk to parents here for a second communicate with your children talk to them please talk to them i know my son's up there on the sound booth i know I, I i like irritate him because he's in his room peaceful in his world me i like to bring a little chaos to people's world so i'll go park myself on his bed and like hey what's going on what you doing today nothing why are you in here dad because uh, <laughs> i want to talk to you i love my son i want to like you know what's going on how are you i'm fine and? and so, you know, let me tell you this, and I'm not going to stop, son, but uh, let me tell you this. Parents, involve yourselves in the lives of your kid. Communicate with them. Let them know that they are important. Hear from them. Have those conversations because, and this, so, clear communication. We need to be aware of What is shaping our world from the outside? Another way to put this is, like, what words are shaping your world or shaping your family, shaping your work? Because not only do our words shape others' words, other people's world, other people's words are shaping our world. I mentioned social media a few minutes ago, so... I'm in charge of social media for the church. I can't stand social media really. A lot of it because I understand how it works. So, do you know? Quick lesson on Instagram and Facebook here. The algorithms for social media are designed to um, show you more of what you pause on. And pause can you just scroll and scroll and scroll and slow down slightly and scroll, scroll, scroll. That thing you just slow down to look at, you'll see more of that. And so what they have found that's really interesting is people don't slow down for things they like. They slow down for things they don't like more often. Things that irritate them. Things that just, you know, like, oh, that just makes me mad and things like that. So what we do is we slow down for those things and the algorithms of social media and all that stuff. It's designed to show you more of what you spend time on so that you'll spend more time on it. I mean, how many people have YouTube videos, <laughs> one after the other? Um, I think the the uh, Instagram shorts or something like that. You know, little little videos and stuff. We see more and more and more of them, and so it's designed to do that. But these words, these things, are shaping our attitudes. They're shaping our world. They're shaping our families because they're speaking into us. And being aware of what is what am I allowing to shape my world? Keep parents, kids at school. Get involved in what's going on at school because have conversations with them. Let's say, hey, what's going on today? What happened today? You know, have those conversations. Don't stop. They're so important. You know, those of you who are married, husbands, wives, talk to each other. Find out what is shaping that person's world because there may be a negative thing going on somewhere that somebody is affecting them and they don't know it. If you're, if you're single, you're like, okay, I don't have that at home. Find some people that you can talk to, that you can like say, hey, you know what? I've been having a hard time with this. Have conversations. We desperately need it. We're created. We say this all the time. We are created for community. We need it. Because people are shaping our world, and you need to pay attention to what is shaping my world, how I'm, a, how that is affecting me, and my my. Because what affects, what, what often happens is then it just beats at us and beats at us and beats at us until we lash out at somebody or we, we don't even realize how much it's affecting us. So what is, what are you allowing to shape your world from the outside? And then this last, and I really, this has been, this is, this is something that is very heavy upon my heart. And so I, I worked for in youth ministry for a lot of years with kids and, you know, then working with adults. And, and my wife, who works with the youth here at, at, uh, here at Asbury Church, you know, she, she sees this a lot. Because this gets expressed a lot more, I think, through kids and teenagers. Adults, we tend to hide it a little bit more. And so kids a lot of times will say things that, teenagers especially, because often they don't really care what you think. And so they'll just make these statements, which you hear the words behind what they're saying. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Um, and so we've seen this, and my wife has been a teacher for 25 years, and so we, we've had these conversations. But not only are, do our words shape other people's worlds, but the thing that really just breaks my heart is we, and, and there are plenty of people who are very encouraging to everybody around them. I see this, you know, they're like, hey, you know, they speak life everywhere they go. They speak life, they speak life, they speak life, they speak life. Yet when they are talking about themselves, All of a sudden, their words are speaking destruction and death. It it breaks my heart because I see it again and again and again. People just destroying themselves because we we are—we're very hard on ourselves, and we know our feelings. You know, it irritates us so much when somebody points them out because we know our failings. We just hope nobody else notices. And so, you know, it's like, ouch, somebody said that, and that's about me, and that's true. And so we know, we know our failings, and the things we say to ourselves, we need to realize is shaping our world. We, we are so hard. Like I said, I've, I, I've oh my goodness, I've, and I've seen this so, so very much. The destruction we wrought upon our own lives. And I, I my kids, I, And I've heard, like, my daughters will say something hard about themselves, and I'll stop and say, hey, that's my daughter you're talking about there. Don't talk about my daughter that way. She is incredible. I I, I, I say this to make them pause, but I know that we often do this to ourselves. And we need to to stop and say, hey, wait a second. Because our Father in heaven, we're talking about his kid. And he loves us, and he gave himself for us. And as the, the fun statement goes, God don't make no junk. And 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 I just I really want you to hear that this morning. Because not only are we shaping other people's worlds, we are shaping our own. And church, you are amazing. You are incredible. God loves us so very much. Hear that please. There was a song that came out in the church world years ago, like 2018. Um, and so this was a long time ago. And, and, and you know, in the, the church world, they come out with a lot of songs that are sung in churches, and sometimes we'll sing a song, and yeah, it doesn't catch on, and people don't like it. But this one, like, when it came out, it, it has been one of the top songs sung in churches in the United States, at least, ever since 2018, which does not, ha- does not happen for a lot of songs. I mean, you know, songs will, you know, you got, your, you got your big favorites, but they're, you know, really, and this song, for some reason, in which I believe, it's It's called, the song's called Who You Say I Am. And I believe it's honestly because so many people in this world need to hear that, you know, hey, I have been chosen, not forsaken. I am who he says I am. And I, I believe that is what God wants to say to his people to his church. The world desperately needs to hear this because people are grasping to try to figure themselves out and there's nobody speaking life into them. Nobody letting them know, hey, you know what? You were an incredible image of God who loves you just the way you were created. He loves you. So what we're gonna do is uh, I'm gonna ask uh, Jim and Rachel. They're gonna come up and we're gonna we're gonna sing this song. We're gonna close the song. Who you say that I am? But I know you know some of you today. You may have been dealing with this. You know you may be like uh, you know what I have brought destruction with my words upon someone else. I have brought destruction upon my words upon me. I need you know. Once again, Jesus can reshape these worlds. He can breathe life into them. Formless and void is not too big for him to handle. And so this morning, I just want to take a moment. I want to pray for you. Because, like I said, God loves the family. He he made it. And one of the things I absolutely love is that not only do I have my family, my kids and my wife, but I have the church It's my family it is so cool because, you know, we have service here. I go to Dryden. I'm at home in Dryden. We have the Spanish service. I don't even speak Spanish, and I still feel at home. I'm like, these are my family. I'm pumped. We get to go on a missions trip to Madagascar this summer, and I know that I will meet with people who are my family because we are part of the family of God. A church we need to God wants to breathe life through his family into the world. And it starts with us us receiving what he has to give. So this morning, I just want to say, allow God to breathe life into you. Allow him to bring the healing that you need. Know that he is our Father and he loves us so very much. And then through us to speak life to this world. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much once again for who you are. You are our good Father. You love us. And Father, so this morning I just pray for those who who today are feeling a little overwhelmed by the words that have come out of their mouths, whether to themselves or those around them, and just pray that you would help them to know who they are in you. Lord, just pray for those relationships that need your healing, that need you to, to recreate that relationship into something incredible. Just pray that you'd breathe life into them. That you bring healing between parents and children, between spouses and friendships and jobs. Lord, whatever need wherever it needs to happen, that you would breathe healing to relationships. And Lord, that today that your people would know who you are and how you see them, that we would know who we are in you. Thank you so much for your incredible love for us. Just pray that you'd help us to know you and this love even more. In your name we pray. Amen.